Hello, welcome back to the Diaspora Radio Podcast. Today we would like to introduce to you the newest member of our team, Klein Kaufer. Klein will be the video producer for our upcoming videos, so stay tuned for those. We wanted to have Klein on not only to introduce him, but also for him to share with you his unique backstory. As many of you may already know, Ray and I grew up outside of the Jewish community here in Alberta, Canada, and Klein grew up outside the Jewish community in the United States. In New Jersey. In New Jersey. And yet here we are speaking to Klein from Israel. So I want to start by uh, asking Klein a little bit about yourself, where you're from, if you grew up religious and secular, and what it was like growing up a Jewish boy wherever you're from. Cool. Sounds good. Um, do you want me to start? Yes, please. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Um, yeah, so I was born in New York um, in '94. Like most of the Jews in America, I think, are from New Jersey, New York, California, or Florida, it seems like. Um, but yeah, so I was not raised. I mean, yeah, I've always, I've, I was born Jewish. And, um, I've been secular all my life. I think I will be secular. I can't imagine myself becoming religious. It's just not for me. Um, it's not for everyone, um, but every my mom's side is Jewish, so is my dad's, um, But and also my grandmother is a Holocaust survivor, and this is kind of where the Jewish identity comes into play. I always knew I was Jewish, but really growing up, I was like, well, what does this mean? I mean, I'm not religious. I guess, like, I didn't really understand the ethnicity behind it until, I guess, maybe in college, um, until, like, I started, like, exploring, like, political things. I really wasn't familiar with Israel at all um, until really like two and a half years ago, which seems weird because it changed my entire life after coming here on Teglit. For anybody um, who doesn't know, sorry, Klein, anybody who doesn't know what Teglit is, that's birthright. Teglit birthright is yeah. a trip that we get, very lucky to get if you have a Jewish grandparent and you can apply too. Yeah, it's a free trip. I mean, it's like $250 deposit trip. Um, but I mean, you get it, you can get it back. So why not? It's a free trip. Yeah. Um, but yeah, so like I said, um, like my grandmother survived the Holocaust, her immediate family was all killed in Auschwitz, unfortunately, um, by the hands of really the French police and the Germans because the Vichy government in France collaborated with them. Um, so she survived with her younger sister and then she came to America, I think in 1947, or so. Um, she has a book out, if anyone's interested. Um, it's called Goodbye for Always. It's a, it's a good book. It's very sad, of course. Um, but yeah, so when I, when I first was educated in the Holocaust, maybe like sixth grade, when I was 12 or so, that's really when I started to like click for me, like what it means to be a Jew. But still, like I said, and there, I didn't really like super click, I guess, until I came to Birthright. Amazing. Okay. And for... Your Zionism was that around the same time as Birthright as well? Yeah, that was the that was the. To be honest, I didn't really know what Zionism even was before Birthright. Okay. Um, my parents came to Israel on their honeymoon in 1990, and from what I've seen in pictures and stories, Israel is not the same place as it was back then. Um, like besides the first Intifada going on back then, um, Tel Aviv was just like it was a little city. Now it's like Huge. a super high tech <laughs> hub of the world. Um, but yes, no, Zionism, like, I remember this, this quick little story, it's not even a story, but I was in, when I was in Jerusalem on Teglit, and me and a bunch of other people were just, like, dancing in a club in Jerusalem, having a good time, it's like, that's when it, like, 
it hit me. It's like, wow, like we're all the same here. And that was like the first moment I was like, I want to come back here. Okay. And so about, I know you're uh, political the same we are as with Zionism. Um, What really drew you in about that? I think it's just a common place for a common group of people. Like the diaspora of Jews, it's so vast, like in Europe, America, everywhere. But I think Israel is a great, I mean, it's the only meeting point. Like it makes sense that um there's like the the jewish like this is the jewish state like it makes sense that it's here because it originated here um and now like people coming back i think it's really great and did you ever no that does that really does does, um i felt the same way about my connection there is as did i it only got stronger the longer i was there and i'm sure you understand that as well and my question for you is, did you ever face any anti-Semitism um, throughout your childhood in the United States or even into university? Um, like, there was, like, one instance. It was stupid. I remember in, like, eighth grade, I dyed my hair blonde because, I don't know, I was a 13-year-old <laughs> or 14-year-old. And um, this idiot sitting behind me in class who was, like... I'll just say uneducated, obviously. He was like, he somehow knew I was Jewish, and he, like, called me a little Nazi, and I, like, I got mad at him or something, and that was the end of it. But that was really it. Like, I mean, I know it's it's not bad, but it's still, like, it's something. But no, when I was in university, we didn't have any Jewish organizations, because, to be honest, I was probably the only Jewish person at my university. Can you let us know what school you went to? Yeah, I went to Mansfield University of Pennsylvania. It's this little college in uh, north central Pennsylvania. Um, it's really beautiful there, and I, I loved it. There's just I don't think there's really any um, Jewish students there, as far as I know. Probably not much of a Jewish population in no. most of Pennsylvania. No, it's it's I think it's the most conservative county of Pennsylvania, which is Tioga County. Okay, that's really interesting. Mm-hmm. And it makes me think Actually, of Jewish I'll, I'll let you know one thing that's kind of creepy. Yeah. In Potter County, the county next to um, Tioga, there's a chapter of the Aryan Nations. Ooh. Oh, dear. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I was just thinking about Jewish outreach programs to try to educate Jewish people. And then like I was that? like, well. There's probably not much of a Jewish population there. No. There's an Aryan Nation. <laughs> I don't think so. You probably have to keep a little bit. I mean, I wonder what they would do if you did have a stronger Jewish population we probably wouldn't have established in that area if no was. yeah that's crazy wow they might be supportive of israel because it's a, it's a pretty as far as i'm aware it's a pretty like christian area and uh, like of course many religious christians are of course for the jewish state but yeah i'm not, I'm not entirely sure wow that's crazy hmm. that's so interesting so then mm-hmm. how did you so you went on to you went to Taglit. And then how did you get, like, what made you want to come back and stay in Israel? Like, you said you felt that that community and that, yeah, connection. Yeah. And you can talk a little bit about Ulpan, how we met, that kind of stuff. Okay. Yeah. Well, Tagli, um, it's it's a 10-day trip around Israel. So it's like you go to Tel Aviv, Jerusalem. I mean, they're all different, but I went to, like, the Dead Sea, the Bedouin tents. It's just not enough time. 10 days, like, you could spend years here and you – it's such a small country, but there's so much history. You still probably wouldn't see everything. Um, so I, I just loved it. Like I made good friends who I'm still in contact with. Um, and I, I love history. Um, I studied also history in college. 
and I thought it was super interesting, and it, like, it hit me, um, or it struck a nerve with me, I'll say. Um, but so basically like it was 10 days and it's not enough. And I remember when I returned to the States, I told my parents like immediately, I was like, I need to go back. Wow. And that's when I started looking into Kibbutz Alpine, um, which is where I met Ray. And if you're, if you never learned Hebrew before and then you're just starting it from scratch as an adult, it's not easy. <laughs> no, that's true. It's not, it's a de- definitely a big adjustment to move to a new country and, be with a new group of people you've never met before, trying to learn a new language. Yeah. And I, I would suggest kibbutz open to um, really anyone. I don't know if you have to be Jewish to do it. It's a Massah program, so you might have to do it. Uh, be Jewish. I don't think you have to be because I didn't go through Massah because technically I'm not Jewish. So uh, true. <laughs> um, you don't have to be. Uh, you just have to pay okay, for well, it fully good. yourself because you got scholarships and grants from Asa because you were Jewish. Uh, I paid the yeah. full tuition because I wasn't. Either way, it was a worthwhile experience. Yeah, it definitely was. And like working on the kibbutz, you get, uh, you're assigned a job. I think we got to pick um, a job and there's like so many, like you can work in the greenhouse doing something with hydroponic lettuce or working in the kindergarten. Or in a petting um, zoo. Or in a petting zoo. Yeah. Like we did for, for a day. day. A half a day, not uh, even a half a day, like an hour. It was like 37 minutes. <laughs> Seriously. <laughs> it was maybe, bad. Maybe 38 minutes. <laughs> we, uh, we were not into that. But yeah, no, there's a lot of options and a lot of things. And being on a kibbutz is really a learning experience too, because it really opens your mind up to the way that things function differently in Israel, let alone on a kibbutz. Yeah. And do you yeah, feel... You guys probably got a bit of more of a taste for, yeah, Israeli culture and stuff as well when you guys were there doing that program. And also being on a kibbutz, you have to learn the bus system and the train system and that kind of stuff because if, if you don't, you can't get anywhere. Yes. You can't you can't walk somewhere. You, ha- you have to well, take Well, especially bus, on Shabbos so. because I don't think Jews here in, like, in the diaspora really understand. That everything, everything. It's different. It's, that is a Jewish, like, that's yeah. what you do. And Shabbos, things are closed. Yeah. So buses don't run, trains don't yeah, run. <laughs> if you don't plan to get off the kibbutz, you're not getting off. <laughs> no, in the kibbutz, I mean, I don't know about the others. There's like almost 400 kibbutz in Israel. And we were on your door, and that's it's like really like to be honest, seriously like a bubble, like its own community. It's like it's I think its, it's own little place. Seventeen hundred people or so. That's huge. Live yeah, on that kibbutz. It's, it's like the, the second, second biggest kibbutz in Israel. That's Israelia. huge. So yeah, if anybody is wondering reason. what the name of that is, as Klein said, it's Yagur. Um, it's just south of Haifa. It's spelled Y A G U R. And I would recommend it's a beautiful place if you guys are, you know. And I'll put the links to these below to the Massa program and kibbutz and like um, Yugur. So and the make it a little program. easier if you guys find yeah. it. I know personally for me, I had to search when I found it and really do research. Client, I don't know how you found it. Through Massa? Sorry, what was that? For finding the Ulpan, like for me, I had to Google and do a lot of research to find where I wanted to go, what kibbutz, how I could do it. How did you find uh, the Ulpan? Uh, yeah. um, I was between. Um, Yagor and Megan Me- Mikhail, um, just because I think they were starting around like in January, and that's when I wanted to go for five months. Um, but Yagor, it looked cool because there, it's right at the base of uh, the Carmel Mountains, and there are some amazing um, hiking trails on those mountains. And on top is a Druze village, which is beyond cool. It's like a whole other culture than Judaism. Um, 
And one you generally <clears throat> don't see in North America, no, at least that I've experienced anyway. No, yeah. As, as far as I'm, I know, they're really only like prevalent in like Israel and the mm-hmm. Golan Heights and Syria. Yeah. So I don't know. I'm sure they're around other places. Well, I think they sure. stay native to their homeland. I think that's part of their religion. So that is most likely why. Mm-hmm. But so on that note, now you're in Israel. Like we're talking to you from Israel, which is incredible, and we're so grateful to have you on. It's we're recording at three o'clock in the afternoon here, and you're <laughs> like midnight after you. midnight. So thank you for yeah, being like here. <laughs> Um, I wanted to say, so where are you now and what are your plans for right now in Israel? Uh, well, I'm living in Renana and it's called uh, Mirkaz Klita, which is like, it's, it translates to like the center of, it's like an absorption center uh, for new immigrants. So most people living here, not everyone is a new immigrant. And I'm in the Opan Etzion program, which is people from like, um, ages 22 to 35, I think. It's, like, for college graduates. Oh, cool. Um, <clears throat> and I'm just doing Hebrew right now. I was in, um, I'm an Aleph Plus. Um, still struggling with it. I gave up Hebrew last year, and then I, I picked it up here again because, of course, I'm living here now. Um, but because of Corona now, I was supposed to be done in July, but... Um, we had lessons on Zoom for like two months, so luckily the Jewish agency is giving us another free Alpine. So um, I'll be doing this till January, which seems like forever away. Um, and I'd like to do the IDF. I sent my volunteer papers in, and I've emailed them a bunch of times, and they keep saying they'll get back to me when they know, and it's a little bit frustrating, but... I hope they're, they stick to their word. Mazel tov. That's amazing. Thank you for doing that for us. Yes. And Thank hopefully you. they get back to you. I know it can be a more grueling <laughs> process and you got to really be in a pain in the butt. But <laughs> yeah, it's annoying, but it's okay. And I don't know. Is there anything else I guess you would like to talk about? Maybe your university experience and how it's going to help because you did go to university for film as well. Yeah, I went for electronic media, like, which is, like, TV news and stuff. I mean, I really used to want to, like, I fell in love with movies, like, my senior year of high school because I took a media class and it changed my whole perspective on everything. That's when I discovered Quentin Tarantino, who's, like, my <laughs> idol, who lives in Tel Aviv. I was going to say he's married to an Israeli. He really lives in Israel, yeah. <laughs> yeah, I, it's my goal. To, I mean, like, I seriously hope to run into him one day. <laughs> I, me too. Me too. A whole bunch of film friends of mine were sharing a photo of him the other day, and I could see that there was Hebrew writing in the background, and I was like, "Aha!" Uh-huh. <laughs> yeah, maybe I'll speak with him in Hebrew one day. That would be crazy. That'd be amazing. That would be cool. <laughs> <laughs> so that's pretty good. And then, other than that, I guess what we'd like to tell our audience is just yeah to welcome you, and that we are going to be hopefully producing videos here before too Coming long. Up soon, and More or less this week is super busy for everybody, but hopefully next week or the week we're after some stuff we'll. Out. Get lots of content to you guys. And the website up and running. So when we have the website up, we'll hopefully have the blog going. Yes. And then we can share some more from Klein and Ree and, and I. Yes. If all of us will be writing articles. Klein, if you want to write articles. Sam, me and you, everything. Yeah. And let us know what's going on in Israel, too. I think it's so nice to have Klein that's a part of this, the Diaspora Radio podcast now. Because we have that, that insider that in Israel. Yeah. Someone to help us out and share what's going on and what life is like. And get for whatever news we don't. Because I know personally for us, we haven't heard a lot about the annexation. Whereas you get that kind of news. Yeah, and, and maybe about 10 days, things really might get crazy here. Um, 
just for anyone who doesn't know, um, Israel, I'll, I'll say Netanyahu is planning to annex the Jordan Valley, which is the eastern border of the West Bank against Jordan and the Jewish settlements there. And literally the whole world is saying, don't do it. We're going to put sanctions on you, on you. The U.S. is meeting with Netanyahu, I believe, this week, maybe to make a decision. But if they go through with it, it's going to be crazy. I can guarantee it here. I think, yeah, it's going to, there's definitely going to be more rockets anyway. More rockets there's than usual, rockets, who can definitely. say. There's always rockets, but there's going to be more. Just so scary. Yeah, it's so. been a this year, but it's going to be, uh, I don't know, I hope not. Oh my goodness. Our thoughts and prayers too, with yeah. you guys. And with everybody in Israel. Yeah. Definitely. Well, thank you so much for joining us. Thanks and for having me. Oh, you, it's just such a pleasure. And we look forward to working with you very soon. Yes. Yeah, you too. Thanks, right. fine. Have a great sleep. <laughs> Thanks. Bye. Thanks, Have a good one. Bye. Bye. Well, thank you guys so much for joining us today with our interview with Klein Kaufman. You can find him. Koffer. Or Koffer. <laughs> thank you very much. I just made his name. I went from Jewish to another Jewish she went from name. Jewish to more Jewish. <laughs> so you can find him at Klein underscore Koffer. And it's spelled K-L-I-N-E underscore K-A-U-F-E-R. And I will see if I can find a link for Goodbye for Always, the memoirs from his family, um, it was his grandmother from the Holocaust, and the book that, that she wrote for her family. And we're also going to link below a lot of what we covered today about Masa, the Kibbutz Open uh, programs, Kibbutz Yagur, and um, maybe even some Quentin Tarantino. <laughs> <laughs> maybe a little bit. And also for anybody who could possibly be thinking about doing an Ulpan or making Aliyah to Israel, there are so many wonderful programs that the Jewish Agency and Masa will help you with and give you grants. Um, like your first Ulpan, for instance, after you make Aliyah, is paid for by the government, provided it is a government Ulpan. So just know that there are always options like that for you. If you think it's not possible for you to move there, it is. And... Yeah, we could talk about, you know, like I said in the podcast, just having Klein here to discuss what's going on in Israel and thinking about the annexation plan and things like this that are going to be affecting Israelis and therefore us as well us in as North well. America and throughout the diaspora. Just to be informed on these topics, Ray the was kind of news about. that we don't get here. Yes. And when you do hear the news here, it, it tends to be very biased against Israel. So Generally. it's going to be nice to have somebody like Klein there who can share with us what's going on on the ground and let us know. And so we can keep you guys informed and hopefully bring you guys some more information about that as well. Of course, for sure. And anything else that may happen also positively in Israel because we're also going to have to, you know, Amazing be positive. Things. It's so true. Amazing things. So we'll keep you guys in the loop with what's going on with Klein's journey as well as Ray's uh, as they, they get to, I guess, Israel. And you're going to Israel, Klein in Israel, joining the IDF and all those exciting things. The whole things. journey. We'll so thank you guys so much for joining us today. And we'll catch you guys next Sunday. Catch you later. Catch you later.